Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. It's time to go inside the boardroom. It probably is time. You know why? I respect anybody that was on the Warriors beat during those years. And take a seat at the conference table. It was great, too. Welcome to the executive show. Nothing easy. On 95.7 The Game. We're going to Game 7, baby. Game 7. All righty. Let's welcome in President of Basketball Operations and General Manager of the Golden State Warriors, Bob Myers. He joins us every other Tuesday or Wednesday on the Executive Show. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Good, good. Hey, uh, what's up, Matt and John? Guru, no go on Guru today, huh? Yeah, he's going to take the week off because uh, he's got some family stuff. But Holiday that's fine. goo. Holiday yeah. goo, Bob. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's, uh, let's catch up just a, l- a little bit, Bob, and... and you know, Jermichael Green on Friday talked about the team getting together and, and and addressing some some elephants in the room, and he thought it it was beneficial. Like, did when did you find out, or even did you even know about them having a discussion? Do, do you facilitate something like that? Do you expect your your leaders to kind of uh, address it? What what's your take on on what happened on Friday before the Knicks game? Um, I talked to Draymond the day before, and he said he was going to talk to the team. And I asked him what he was going to say. He told me, and uh, I thought that was good. But but I wasn't sitting up there when he did it. I, I, he, you know, it's funny because when you're around the team, there's a, a lot of every game brings forth. You're either feeling good or not feeling good, but based on winning or losing. But there's a bigger picture to it. And if you're in the building, sometimes you can sense the time. And I think Draymond's been around the block long enough to know when that time should be. So I don't tell guys. If, if it was a different team, Matt, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty unique team as right. far as guys that have been through a lot. So he thought it was the right time. He's pretty good at figuring that stuff out. I think he spoke for a while. And the, the important thing isn't what I think. It's how it lands with the players. And if they were saying it was effective, then it was. It, it's uh, right. Based on what I heard, seemed like it. But, again, that's a meeting. Now we got to do it on the court. And Bob, but just as far as you know, what's been reported and what the players individually have spoken about on the record, it, it sounds like a part of that was Draymond addressing 
Clay Thompson's play and 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 even the shot selection. You know, Clay had addressed that Draymond had some words for him that that he took to heart. Is this a a, a a big moment for Clay as far as maybe making an adjustment that needed to be made, hearing it from a respected teammate, and and also is there a component of Draymond's voice given the incident with Jordan? Starting to maybe carry some more weight again in in that fran- in your franchise, maybe both. You know, you'd have to ask each person, John, what they thought. But I would say that certainly based on what Clay has done since, that would bode well. The fact that he looks like he's responded, and I'm sure it wasn't the only person that's been telling Clay to try to keep it simpler and don't force it. But whatever reason, this one landed, like you said, in a way where it showed on the court. So certainly, if he acknowledged it and he's showing the benefits of it that's that's a positive as far as Draymond's standing as a leader yeah I mean I think he understands that uh, based on what happened you can't just walk right back in the room and assume that but it's been a while uh, people are tired of we're tired of on the team of the way we're playing I'm sure the coaches are tired of it and I think Draymond felt um, I'm going to say something and he does have a ton of equity uh, within that room as far as what he's done certainly I don't think he's proud of what he did on that day, but but there's a lot of good that he's done, and a lot of times he's spoken to the team where they've responded. So, yeah, I think it was both of those things, John. We're joined by Bob Myers, President of Basketball Operations and General Manager of the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr was talking about how he, he thought he had to be a little bit of a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and, and just from you know doing this show for years and years, Bob, you know, just the last few weeks, is what's going on with Clay? What's going on with Kaminga and Wiseman? Is Jordan Poole up to something? Like, do you have an idea of what's going on with your team at any given moment? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, with everybody. Yes and no, right? I mean, just like John, you cut, I mean, John memorizes our scores. I mean, you guys are pretty aware of our team in certain respects. You don't, you're not in the building, but I bet you vacillate um, at times with what we are, what we've met in the past, what we ended up. Uh, doing in years past. The only years I really thought I had a sense of it is when we had Durant. I really thought we have the best team, bar none, and we should win. You don't walk around saying that, but I right. can say that in hindsight. That's not some big statement, by the way. But 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 after that, or before that, I always felt like, um, we'll see what happens. And it's usually better than you think or worse. Um, we've had a lot of great moments and great years, uh, but as far as this team, Matt, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one because in some respects, we're, we've got a little bit of evidence as to what we are, and in some respects, there's circumstances that make it hard to see if this is us, if this is the team. I see a lot of teams that we've played that I, I don't know. In my position, I don't know that we're worse than, but we've lost, um, so it doesn't matter what I think. Your record is your record, like a lot of people like to say. But as far as having a clear idea of it, I would say it's, I don't have a clear idea of it, and I don't know that Steve would say the same thing or our players. It, time still has to play out. It doesn't mean we're enjoying um, struggling in the in the early part of the season. Nobody likes that. But I think as far as giving you anything concise and clear, it's just hard to say right now. It, some of it is self-inflicted stuff with the free throw disparity, with the turnovers. I think we'll get better at those things. Some of it is figuring out. Uh, I think they're trying Draymond a little bit more in the second unit. They're going to do that going forward to see how that plays out. Um, so Steve would say that he's still searching for an identity in the second unit. And um, that's again, that's not some big statement. I think a lot of people would agree that's what needs to happen as well. Bob, what what do you take away from from a game like last night, where the young guys do get an opportunity? Obviously, the veterans get a, a chance to rest. 
but it it goes the the way that it did with, without really anybody playing well. And kind of the second part of that question would be, why is it more beneficial for James Wiseman to play for Santa Cruz as opposed to being in a game like last night once you guys make the decision to to go with the, the resting of the veterans? Yeah, we thought about James, but we're trying to figure out some continuity with the guy because he's been so all over the place as far as playing, not playing, injured, not injured. Um, and we're trying to figure out a way where he can grow a little bit with some consistency. And the idea of just flying him out and putting him back in Santa Cruz, we just net-net thought it would be better to stay there. A game like last night, um, sure, as many minutes as you can get, but we're trying to find a way where James can build, and we're hoping that can be down uh, in, or in, in the G League, and that's the plan. But a game like last night, uh, John, what you'd like to see is is a, obviously smarter basketball, more disciplined. You'd like to see guys uh, taking care of the ball. I mean, 26 turnovers. You'd like to see them, um, you know, just make not the mental mistakes. You can stand some physical mistakes, missing shots and things like that. But uh, you'd like to see the composure, and, and clearly that game got away from them. And nothing they wouldn't say themselves. Uh, we played much better the first time around in New Orleans and, and looked like that was something to build on. But... Yeah, I mean, that's not one that you can find a lot of good things in, short of guys, some guys played a lot of minutes. and I'm not going to say there was a ton of positives to draw from that one. Bob Myers joining us on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Bob, you've had, a, you've had a great run with the Warriors, no doubt about it. And the year you were 15-50, and 50, there was a reason you were 15-50, and 50, and you came back the next year and went 39-33. and 33. Um, Do you feel – and it, so you're 8-10 and 10 this year – this is kind of the first time you've struggled with your full team. Like, do you, are you feeling pressure now? Either, either, do you put pressure on yourself or does, does Steve put pressure on you to do something or Joe put pressure on you? What, what are we doing here? What's going on? How much pressure do you feel? Um, yeah, you look, I think I don't, everybody's different, but probably the most I get is for me, which is the most I feel. I, I mean, I, I think, if you're in this type of stuff, it is competitive, and uh, you, you, you either, I guess you have to, I've always been that way. I don't even know if it's a good thing, but, but I'm probably harder on myself than anyone else could be. Um, but there's certainly people who are frustrated and want to win. Um, as far as comparing this year to others, I think that the year, that the 39 and 33, where you're kind of trying to figure it out, and finally we hit a rhythm, but you're right, that wasn't, wasn't healthy. Um, we are healthy, which gives you a better idea of what you are or what you're not. Um, Every year is different, Matt. We went through last year. It was times last year where I just thought uh, early on, wow, this thing is fantastic, and then we lose. I don't know. Do we go 500 for a big stretch of game? John, you know. What, do we go like 20 and 20? <laughs> what did we do? Wasn't it I'm, I'm, I'm 18 curious. and 2 to start. Now yeah, I'll take over. Yeah, it was 18 and 2 and, and what, 20, 29 and 9, I think, at that point. So, yeah, from there it would have been. Then after that it was 500. Was that what it was? Yeah, 20. Yeah, twenty four and yeah, I guess that would have been twenty four, maybe twenty four and twenty four, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So you know, what does that mean? And then and then in the playoffs, what you know, figured it out. But Matt, that wasn't great either. To be if I'm looking back and saying what did that feel like? Because we started so well and then we kept trying to get it back and then Clay came back. This is a tough. T- Sometimes this is a tough team to read a little bit. Not making excuses. Um, so, so I don't feel, uh, whether it's Joe or Steve, they're just as competitive or, as, as I am. We're all competitive in different ways. We all want the same thing. And we've wanted the same thing for eight years, for, for nine, this is Steve's ninth year, my twelfth. Um, we all know what kind of competitiveness Joe brings, Steve, myself. I, probably not, I'm, mine is maybe not as demonstrative. But yeah, 
I, I, I hate it. I don't, the losing sucks. And um, that's what motivates you to figure it out. But there's only two ways to figure it out. You either figure it out from within or you figure it out from uh, some transaction outside of you. And we always look at everything. I know it's a canned answer, but we do it every year. Uh, sometimes we make decisions, we make trades, sometimes we don't. But that's the job. And after a certain sample size and you're way into the season, um, you do have evidence of what you've seem to be I, I still think that's early that's going to this is going to sound like uh, i'm deflecting but I, I still do think it's too early to really to really know i think some of the things that we are struggling with we can clean up within these walls but um yeah we'll see we'll see how that journey goes as, as the season continues bob what do you see as you look around the the conference in in particular there's there's a lot of teams jumbled up maybe some surprise teams that are are playing better than than you would have expected but do you in, in a way at eight and ten feel feel fortunate that there aren't really any dominant teams in the west i mean you guys still have a shot to get it together and and be in the mix where it looks like there's a a pretty lengthy group of teams that might all kind of be in the mix yeah, yeah, that helps. But but I also might take a scenario where we were behind but playing as well as we could. So, you know, I think it's good that we haven't hit our stride and it seems to be that the West is open more so than maybe it has in the past. But I also would like to see us kind of hit our rhythm and, and culminate in some way where we have a better sense of what our best basketball looks like. So, yeah, nothing seems out of reach, which is good, but that doesn't – that that that's part of the uh, I guess supposedly solution to getting back to the top of the conference, but it also is us playing better basketball, and I think we're capable of that. So it's competitive as far as the quality of play. I see a lot of teams playing extremely hard, which is great. I think the league is. Um, I mean, the offenses now are so good in the lead. It's you see these scores, you see the shot making ability of some of these teams. Uh, you see a lot of the youth uh, that is kind of making their way and making their mark in the league, and so. It's pretty fascinating. You just don't know each night um, what's going to happen. And, and the West, and, and I can say the same about the East, John. The East is, you know, as competitive or more, more than the West right now. Bob Myers joining us on 95.7 The Game. Two weeks ago when we had you on, Bob, you, you, you asked, have we ever talked about the two timelines, meaning you or Joe or Steve? And I didn't, I said I don't think so. I think that was something that may have been created outside but but here's my question um when when you were drafting Kaminga and Wiseman two really young guys with very little experience were you guys thinking okay we're going to need them to help when Steph Curry's still in our prime still in his prime or were you thinking look our core's getting older we want some young players who at 24 25 are going to be able to step in for the Curry, Clays, and, and Draymond as they're winding down. In other words, I think a lot of people thought you drafted those guys to help right away, and and I'm asking you if you did or not. Well, it's tough, Matt, because you draft what you think is the best player, and then you try to find a way to help them and help the team win, uh, help them develop. But but it, as far as a lot of the young guys, I think Moses is pretty young as well. You You, you, you draft what you think is the best guy, and then you then the um, the challenge is to find a way to make them fit. And I think early on, at least in this season, we found that playing a lot of youth together wasn't looking very good. Um, so you try to then find ways to – what Steve has done a little bit with Kaminga, and I'm, I think James and Moses will get another chance as well, is maybe not all at once, but you find pockets to get them some limited minutes and things like that. And I think that's 
more realistic for a 20-21 year old on a team like ours which which is pretty sophisticated offensively which has a unique style which a style that has done really well and worked which has a pecking order where they're nowhere near even in the top four I suppose of scoring so it's teaching some of the young guys how to impact the game outside of scoring and I think for for a lot of young guys that's the challenge how do you impact a game when you're not scoring coming from players that have scored their whole life and and found that that is the way for them to impact game is through scoring so trying to teach them um, those types of things for young players in our system but it takes time um, so I don't know that we said this is what it's going to be we, we more fell back on we drafted what we thought was the best player and and see how that goes Matt but as far as how they could help us in the near term uh, the idea would be to kind of find moments and lineups that work and, and I think we're still trying to figure that out. Bob, I want to ask you about just Jonathan Kaminga specifically because so often, and I think last night was was no exception, he, he has the, the flash play with the chase down block on Zion and he has the follow-up dunk and it's like, wow. But then the rest of the game, you, you look at it and it's and it's kind of an ugly line and he's still trying to figure things out. He's gotten opportunities to play, but just pinpoint what he has to do better to, to help this team in the short term, but also continue his development moving forward. It, it just it looks to the naked eye like maybe he's regressed a little bit. Yeah, I think last year he played with some you know guys really smart. Uh, I think Andre. I don't know if Bielitsa. Some of these guys helped helped him out. Obviously, the other guys um, that were in that unit were were a good group for him and, and helped him. Um, so yeah, I think it's he's. You know, it's it's tough for him or any young player to to play six minutes and 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 be worried about if you miss a shot. That's hard. And even even Steve would acknowledge when he was a player, that's a tough role. We even talked about it as far as uh, even Steve, in a mature twenty eight, twenty nine year old, he'd go in and miss one three and he'd sit down. So you're right there on that fringe. Pr- probably tougher for a young player to work through that mentally than a more veteran guy. Um, so as far as what he needs to do, I think he's you know rebounding is something he needs to do. As far as playing defense without fouling, uh, don't turn it over. The, the, the simple basic stuff that um, you have to do very well when you're in short minutes. When you're playing 35, 36 minutes, uh, you're allowed to make a few more mistakes potentially or miss some shots because you've earned that equity uh, amongst your teammates, amongst the coaching staff. But when you're on short minutes and you're young, uh, there's, a, there's a part that makes it difficult. And I'm not, you know, he'll figure it out, I believe, as will the other guys. But I think that's the challenge. Um, John is trying to find that rhythm where you can come in and be effective in limited minutes. And obviously this year, because of the losing, I think there's a tightness around whether it's the second unit or even even some of our first unit guys as far as um, trying to play a little more free without turning it over and fouling. And I think that's that's the fine line we need to locate here at some point. See, I would, I would think that you, you and Kaminga right now, Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. 
Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini. Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Oh, you'd be in his ear helping him. I mean, you were out of the rotation a lot at UCLA. Oh, you got it. Great, Matt. You, you I'm got glad it. you brought that up. That's a really relevant point. Uh, I went in uh, when we were, I tell people, when I could have no impact on the game one way or the other. So they could have put in a band member when you're up 30. or We, were, we weren't down 30 much, but when we were up, I could go in and um, I could do whatever I wanted and we, the game would still be the same. So All right. I have no, I have no <laughs> advice, although I will say on a serious note, Talking to Kaminga, uh, Sean Livingston's a really good person in his ear, as is Dunleavy, because you remember Mike when he showed up here, Matt, you were probably covering the Warriors. It wasn't a seamless transition. No. And he had to hear it from his coach, from the fans, probably the media. So Mike's actually pretty good. Um, and then yeah. he went to another organization. He knows he had five or six, eight, ten different coaches. So. He's actually been good with Jonathan as far as saying, hey, look, just because this is the way it is now uh, doesn't mean you can't work your way out of it. But it's, it's hard for 20-year-olds to, to hear that and process it. So that's, that's part of the mental, mental hurdle you've got to get over. Well, don't tell Mike this, but the problem is Kaminga's a fan favorite. Yeah, that, well, is that kind of a... That's kind of a well. No, Mike came. Mike came in behind the eight ball. It Let's was, put it that it, way. He was the opposite of a fan favorite, right? Yeah, but he came in behind the eight ball, kind yeah, of tough. That, tough that draft. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna make you stick it to Mike Dunleavy Jr. the I, day before Thanksgiving. I love my. He's my. He's my. He's, he's my. You know, one of my best buddies. So absolutely. He, he like you said, it wasn't an easy uh, entry, but you know, it, the NBA is tough. It's a yeah. hard league sometimes. Bob, thanks as always. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and Bob, just real quick, because I am a stickler for accuracy. I know you'll appreciate it. It was, it was, yes, give it to me. It was 41 and 13, 41 and 13, and then 12 and 16 to finish. Yeah. And then, right. yeah, 16 and 6 so, in the playoffs. During those moments, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is why John's good to have 
around, Steiny. This is why he's good. No, you're right. It's we, we have. Would you have known it's that? like a great three guard offense. We got we, we got a guy. We got like, Pool, Clay, and Steph, but all in their yeah. primes. All right, man. Have a great Thanksgiving, right, you I, and the family, I, 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 and uh, we'll catch up soon. Okay. Thanks, right. guys. Take that's, it easy. That's uh, Bob Myers talking about the Golden State State of the Golden State Warriors. I'd forgotten it was that high actually. With, what forty one and thirteen? I did too. On February 9th. I thought, in fact, they they got off to a good start, then stumbled, then got it together. But I guess they wouldn't have gotten it together their last eleven games because Steph wasn't no, playing those last it was, eleven. It hit games. the. It was basically game one, round one. Yeah, and they got it going. Yeah, it's interesting. Look, we got we got three or four minutes before the break, so we'll finish up here with some Warriors, and then we'll get back to the San Francisco 49ers with Ross Tucker uh, on the other side. But that is a difference between. I mean, for whatever reason, Mike Dunleavy really caught flack here in the Bay. And I think it was because he didn't show a lot of emotion on the court. He just didn't. Never never did. Never has. And I think people took that the wrong way. But, uh, yeah, Golden State Warriors, they're in action tomorrow night. L.A. Clippers are in town. Kawhi Leonard played last night. Uh, your favorite player, Paul George, did not. So yeah. he must really be hurt if he didn't play that Clippers, uh, in a game. I think the Clippers have that what's that that internal rule that both of them can't actually play together. Yeah. So say in the seven oh seven. Be too much effort. Gotcha. Seven oh seven saying we should have drafted Amari Stoudemire instead of Dunleavy. But he was ninth that year. Was that the St- same year? Yeah, I think it was. Oh he was goodness. coming right out of high school. And you know what? Amari Stoudemire at that point. He had some baggage that a lot of people were uh, were concerned about. Well, and, and let's be honest, who was going to be feeding Amari Stoudemire the rock on that Warriors team? Bimbo Coles, Dean Oliver, was that Muggsy Bogues? Was that oh three? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I two uh, well two oh three. I think was Muscleman. I can't remember the years. Here's well, I got to go backwards. Six, it doesn't matter. It does. six seven. I mean, well, we don't have much time anyway. Six seven was Nelson. Clearly, right. We believe uh, Montgomery Keith Smart. had a couple Montgomery years before that, right? Wasn't Montgomery right before Nelson? Yeah, Mike Montgomery. Where the hell did so Keith Smart was after Don Nelson? I guess. oh yeah, Keith Smart was that's like right. Keith Smart was right before Mark Jackson. Oh, uh, that's right. It, it, Keith Smart was in between Nelly and Mark Jackson. That's right. That's right. Nelly t- Nelly two point Who Keith Smart? Yeah, no, 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 no. It was oh, Nelly, Nelly 2.0 era, and then Keith Smart, and then Mark Jackson, and then Steve Kerr. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So before Nelly, it was Montgomery, and then that's where it gets a little murky. Right, because, yeah, Montgomery, what happened was, I can explain this in a minute. What happened was the Warriors had a young team, and Chris Mullen hired Mike Montgomery, who was at Stanford, who's known as a very good teacher. And then the Warriors basically changed their roster. <laughs> And Baron Davis came in, and ah, Baron wasn't crazy about playing for a college coach. Shocker. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we got, we got one of our favorites coming up on the other side, Ross Tucker. We got to get into the San Francisco 49ers. They win last night. They're 6-4. and four, And I don't know if you've been on social media or not, 49er fans, but there are a lot of experts and a lot of football people that say, 49ers may be the team to beat right now in the NFC. We'll see what Ross Tucker says on the other side. It's all sponsored by Outdoor Supply Hardware.
got caught up in Garoppolo mania. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All righty, John Dickinson in for Daryl, the Guru Johnson today. Keep in mind, 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. In the meantime, we got Ross Tucker, uh, 95.7 The Game. Hey, Ross, how you doing, buddy? Don't have Ross yet? All right, we'll get Ross in Pretty soon. Yeah. Anyway, Ross Tucker will be joining. See, I blew it. I didn't know we didn't have him. I was going to stick him with a one-liner, and I couldn't. But now you can. Well, if if we uh, if we get him I on. I mean, we are going to get him. The 49ers game last night, J.D., and the one thing I want to get, get into that we, we touched on a little bit, and it's that if you take McCaffrey off the 49ers like they played the first six or seven games, I guess it was, uh, or five or six, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like, did they have... like what? Let me just ask you, what has Christian McCaffrey unlocked for the 49ers? And we may get Ross any minute, so I'll just jump to him. But what, what do you see as being different? Well, it's, it's just a, an alpha weapon that everybody has to account for, and even when you do account for him, he's still able to produce. Like, that, like not everybody can produce when all the attention is on him. Well, you know what? You said something that I think I agree with, but I think I'm a 49er fan when you said, hey, look, McCaffrey's a big boy. He's their number he's one. He's a superstar. Yeah, he is their... Not a star, a superstar. Best player on the team. Yeah. The only thing that's held him back from being that is injury in All his right. career. Let's go to uh, Ross Tucker. Uh, he joins us every Tuesday at this time. Uh, Ross, we just bring you into this conversation. We're talking about Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, the 49ers uh, put up some points last night. What What do you think is the difference between the 49ers with McCaffrey as opposed to without him? Um, good question. I think... Obviously, gives them a little bit more depth um, as a runner. Now they got Mitchell. They'll give the ball to Debo sometimes. I think he's better than what they were getting from Jeff Wilson. Although I think Jeff Wilson's a pretty good player. I think the biggest thing is he's just a much better threat in the passing game and a weapon that needs to be accounted for in the passing game as opposed to Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson. That's the biggest thing. It feels to me like not only can they get the ball to McCaffrey in the passing game, and he's highly efficient. I mean, he had seven catches on seven targets. But also, you know, any team you play now, when they talk about the passing game, they're going to talk about McCaffrey. Like They're worried about him coming out of the backfield. They're worried about where he lines up. And I think that that does help to open up things like Kittle, like we saw last night. Yeah, and I mean, just an extension of that. I mean, Kittle, it's it's four receptions, but it's two touchdowns. It's Ayuk, four targets, two receptions, both go for touchdowns. It it allows, I think, and I want to get your take on this, the other players to to be more productive, maybe with fewer opportunities. A thousand percent. Yep. I mean, it all goes together, right? It all goes hand in hand. And last night, they looked really good. And they have a bunch of different weapons. They have two good receivers. Uh, Kittle looked as good as he has in a while. We know what McCaffrey can do now there. I will say this. I don't know if you guys have seen my tweets today, at Ross Tucker NFL. 
the Niner love is a little bit much today. Okay. I mean, I, do I think they're a good team? Yeah. But for, for like the whole night last night, all morning this morning, every tweet is like, oh, look out for the Niners. Watch out. Here they come. Uh-oh, it's Niner time. Like, they're the team nobody wants to play. They're clearly the best team in the NFC. It's like, wait, 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 wait. I, I watched the week before against the Chargers, who, by the way, had no D-tackles by the end of the game. And Justin Herbert didn't have any receivers. And they still barely beat the Chargers in that game. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from what the, the, the Niners did last night, but I think, to me, what the Cowboys did in Minnesota, destroying the Vikings right from the get-go. I mean, as one side of an NFL game as you'll ever see right from the start, that's not what the game was last I mean, last night was 17-10 at halftime. They pulled away. Niners were better. Niners were good. But I feel like everybody acting like all of a sudden the Niners are going to the Super Bowl and winning it needs to uh, pump the brakes a little bit. All right, so Ross, along those lines, I mean, I mean, how much it, how much of last night specifically was was the Cardinals and being where they are, and what do you need to see from the Niners moving forward? I mean, they do play Miami and Tampa and Seattle and 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 Washington coming up here as the next month moves forward. But what do you have to see that makes it more real for you? Well, just do it over and over again. It's not like it's not. If they just keep doing what they did last night, that'd be great. But they got to show they can do that. I mean, they they haven't shown they can do that on a consistent basis, even since they got McCaffrey. And I thought a lot of last night was the Cardinals. I mean, they're starting a backup quarterback. You know, they don't have some of their receivers like Hollywood Brown. Then, you know, late in the game, a lot of those guys clearly didn't want to be there anymore. They definitely didn't want to try to tackle Kittle on his second touchdown. So, I don't know, I'm just not, I mean, it's a good win. It's a good win, but not even close to the win that the Cowboys had. Cowboys did it on the road against the 8-1 team, and they they pulled all their starters in the third quarter. Like, I just don't get it. I, I, I don't get why people are fawning more over the Niners last night than they did over the Cowboys on Sunday? It's a good question. I I, I would I was going to say the defense, but my Dallas's defense is great too. Um, I think it's I think it's a fact that that the Forty ers I think they I think people think they have pedigree because they've been to the NFC Championship two of the last three years in the Super Bowl once. You know what I mean? I think that's probably a factor. Yeah, and it probably helps that. You know, there was a bunch of other games on Sunday. There's a bunch of other things to talk about. You know, there was a night game after the Cowboys played between the Chargers and the Chiefs. That was an awesome game. So I think that that's probably a factor as well, whereas last night was a standalone game that everybody was watching. It always gets a little bit more hype than anything that happens really on Sunday. Hey, Ross, we know you do uh, work in Philadelphia uh, covering the Eagles. How do you How do you compare the Eagles to the 49ers? Um, similar, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say pretty. I'd say pretty similar. They both have a couple of really good receivers. They both have a really good tight end. I think the Eagles' offensive line is better. Um, I like the element of Hertz being able to run more than Jimmy. 
Um, defensively, they've played really, really well this year. I mean, I think they've given up more than 17 points on defense once the whole year. I mean, they, they've played really, really well. I know there was like a pick six or whatever. The opener, they gave up 31 to the Lions. And I can't remember how many they gave up to the Commanders, but um, similar, I would say. I think the Eagles have been more consistent, obviously, throughout the year. Uh, but they're not playing their best football right now, and the Niners, as of last night, are. So, yeah, that's the way it goes. They've yeah. got the flavor of the month. But the reality is it doesn't really matter who's playing their best ball right now. I mean, it, it matters who plays their best ball in January. Do you think the Niners are the kind of team that could go in and beat the Eagles in Philly in the playoffs, I guess, is, is the way I'll ask it. Yeah, I do. Um I think they're capable of it. I think the Vikings and Cowboys and Bucks, I think they're all probably capable of it. I don't know that I, I see it happening. I mean, they would have to play really, really well in that game. It's going to be tough to win in Philly in the playoffs. And I'd be surprised at this point if the Eagles don't get home field advantage. I mean, they only have one loss. You know, I know the the Vikings have two, but the Eagles also beat them head to head, so they really have two games up on the Vikings. So, and the Eagles Eagles schedule isn't that isn't that intimidating moving forward. So, I, you know, I think they'll probably win like fourteen games, probably like fourteen and three. Wow. So, so let me just see if I got this right. You think there's about four or five teams that can go to the Super Bowl from the NFC, and the Forty ers are one of them. But you're not calling them the prohibitive favorites at this point. Definitely not. I'm not even calling them the best team in the NFC. Those are two different oh. things. So All right. there are people calling them, uh, you know, like today on my betting podcast, on the Even Money podcast, my co-host, Steve Fezzik, called them the, uh, the best team in the NFC. So I am certainly not ready or willing to go there. Um and they're definitely not the prohibitive favorite because they're going to have a tougher road. And they're going to have to win more than likely a couple of road playoff games. Certainly they're capable of it. They did it last year. But I don't really know, guys. Like, I don't know if that makes me think that they're more likely to do that again or not. Yeah, I, it's really I'm, hard to do. Yeah, I'm kind of so with like, you on that I, one. I mean, okay, so they won a couple of road playoff games last year. Does that mean they're going to do it again this year? Probably not would be my guess. I just don't think they are good enough as an offensive line. I don't think their quarterback's good enough. It's certainly possible. They got a lot of weapons. They got a really good defense. But that's asking a lot to ask Jimmy G to to win, you know, whatever it would be, three more playoff games, including two more on the road. Yeah. All right, Ross, have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Likewise, I will be in Dallas, so if you're driving around listening to the Cowboys Giants game, uh should be fun. They got great press box food in Dallas, so Yeah, we got to uh, quite my mom's uh sausage filling in Pennsylvania, but it'll have to do. It's good. Nice. We have that game right here on ninety five seven the game, Ross, so we're looking forward to it, man. Love it. See you guys. All right, that's Ross Tucker. Uh-oh. He might have gotten forty nine er fans upset. Well, they shouldn't be considered the best team in the NFC right now. Well No, not right now. But I did. I, I, I didn't want to quibble. But the only, the thing that does matter right now is you stack some wins. You're going to be in the. You're going to get home field. 
Like the 49ers have for the first round at least. Right. I mean, but they to his point, I mean, if you're the 3 seed, it, it depends on who wins, right. but if you're the 3 seed and the chalk plays out, you're going to have to go you'd have to go to Minnesota and Philly, let's say. Exactly. If both of those teams win. Yeah, exactly. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's open up the phone lines again along with the Xfinity Mobile text line. Ross Tucker, concerned about the 49ers offensive line and whether Jimmy Garoppolo's good enough. Good enough. I do have a theory on why the 49ers have been getting so much love today and why it may come out is a little bit over the top. You want to hear that theory? Yeah, of course. The, the, I, I think it, in part, is because if yeah, I think you have to go back to the summer, right. and I think there were I think there were a lot of people, if you remember, and this was even when Trey Lance was was going to be the starting quarterback. I think there were a lot of people that had the Niners as a favorite this year, had the Niners as a team to beat, has the, had the Niners as a Super Bowl contender, and it looks six weeks into the year like, uh oh, this team's a disappointment. I think there are a lot of people that kind of went in on the Niners. And it was looking; it wasn't looking great. And now that it is looking great, I think you've got a lot of people coming back to, "Hey, I was in on the Niners. Look at the Niners. Right, right. The Niners. Yeah, that's a team. So I, I think that's. I think that's some of it. Some of it is the. Re- it's just the recency bias of. They've had a few wins in front of the camera. You know, I don't even think right. you know, last night, Monday night, but the week before Sunday night. I, I think that plays a role. And they beat the Rams before that. And remember, you know, that was a late game, but it was that was the game where McCaffrey went off, had a rushing touchdown, right. receiving touchdown. And so they they've been at the forefront, and that was before anybody thought the Rams stunk. You know, now the Rams may stink, but they didn't. Right. We thought the Rams stunk then. That was kind of a big game. I got I got a question for you and for uh, Bay Area fans. What do you have more confidence in? The 49ers Continuing to play this well and being a factor in the postseason, or the forty or the Golden State Warriors turning it around, we have more confidence. And I asked Kyle Madsen that question before the show, and he goes, "Oh my God, the Niners!" And I was like, "Really? We're giving up on the on the Golden State Warrior championship squad? Well, coming back, bouncing back." I was going to ask you to define what does "come around" mean. That means. You know, because this one kind of like wins, you. 40, 45 to fifty wins. So, so the question is: Are you more confident that the Niners can get to the NFC Championship game than you are that the Warriors can win forty-eight games? Yeah, that's pretty close. Okay, well, that was a half decent question. Cause I always looked at, I always looked to split the the answer. That's pretty 50, close. I mean, right 50. now it looks better for the Niners. Sure, but sure. you know what? A week from now, it might look better for the. For the Warriors, I mean, you just don't know yeah. at this point. But it's a good, no, it's a good question. I think it, it's it's close to you. Myth. I'd probably, I'd probably lean Niners yeah. at this point. But again, one bad game, two bad games. True. True. Uh, a couple uh, texts from the Xfinity Mobile text line nine two five. How much does it irk Stein? You'd have to talk Warriors and I'm uh, sorry, Forty Niners that rip the world. Oh, come on, but. The funny thing is, is I'm getting grief here from some fans, and it really shouldn't shouldn't be getting grief, JD. Um, out the 49ers before the season were a team that was impossible to gauge because they were heading into the season with a rookie quarterback, essentially second year quarterback. Like that just never made sense to me how the 49ers thought they were going to do those two things: compete for a Super Bowl and bring Trey Lance. Along slowly, so I just didn't. I wasn't 
Just wasn't feeling it. All right, so they get Garoppolo uh, in there. And obviously they went to the NFC Championship game last year, but got off to a sputtering start. The trade for Christian McCaffrey has changed things. I mean, that has absolutely changed things. And to me now, you can talk about the 49ers, to me more realistically than you could three or four weeks ago. They weren't, they weren't a Super Bowl team three or four weeks ago, I don't think. No, they were three and four. And so and they got smoked by Kansas City in McCaffrey's first game. Exactly. I mean, it was. I mean, you think about it, and yeah, they had the bye week mixed in there, so that was a month ago. Tomorrow was that game. I think October the twenty third, if if memory serves, and my memory tends to uh, that that they were in shambles, basically. Right. I mean, the Chiefs. You get McCaffrey, then the Chiefs throttle you. You just gotten hammered by. Atlanta, your defense stunk, and now you look since then, the defense hasn't allowed a second-half point in a, month, in a month over the course of three games. So they've gotten that back on track, and now the offense looks... McCaffrey has allowed the 49ers offense to look as if you would have expected it to look without him, to be perfectly honest, right? Because that, that's right. the thing that comes out. Like The Niner offense has functioned... More like we always talk about the you know the the Twitter tape guys want, want it right. all to look like right right oh it's gonna be this and that and like you saw a little of that last night there was a little of the Kyle's in his bag and and you know the some of the breakdowns even on the broadcast of how oh, this is so creative well why wouldn't it why wasn't it creative up until that point maybe they Christian added twenty three yeah they added twenty three Ryan. Ryan wants to talk about uh, who he's more confident in. Hey, Ryan, how you doing, man? Save their season. Good, guys. How about yourself? Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, man. Same to you. Hey, definitely more confident with the Niners. Okay. They, the pickup of McCarty totally made them stronger. Jimmy G's playing pretty steady. Best defense in football. Warriors look old. They're not in sync. Defensively, they're not going to stop the better teams. Uh, late in the season, certainly playoff. So definitely going with the Niners. Appreciate the call, Ryan. Uh, I think I got to I got to agree with him now. What you know? What I think here's what it is. Here's what it is, JD. If, yeah. if I would if I were to say this, I don't know. People, bottom line is this: 49ers weren't a Super Bowl team until they got McCaffrey. Now they're a Super Bowl team. That team without McCaffrey was not winning it. Not with that offense. Not with nobody that you can rely. The, see, I know I'm going to get killed on this, JD. But before McCaffrey, who was the one player on the 49ers that you could count on offensively every single game? You couldn't exactly. And and people are going to yell at you and say Debo, Debo, but right. But it wasn't the case. But even when Debo is carrying you, he's only literally carrying it a dozen times, maybe ten or twelve. As we saw, JD, you can't run them all that all that much. Well, and I think teams were ready for that as the primary. I do too. Like it was two things: make make Jimmy beat you and right. take Debo away. Like I, I think I think the opposition would look at the Niners and say, take the Debo running game away. No, right. number one, Kittle. They'll Kittle because of the offensive line issues is going to cover himself in okay. essence. Right, not not really his fault, but the way they have to play, and then we're going to make Garoppolo beat us, and you know, 
for the most part, Garoppolo can't do that unless the other things are are functioning. Right, right. So you're taking enough away, and then you don't, and then and then we're having conversations about how they don't have as many weapons as you think they have. At at once you start taking that, so McCaffrey has unlocked all of it. Yeah. it it's been a game changer. I I've said it, and I, you know what I said it, and I felt kind of bad saying it. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just stand up on the table and say. Again, and say it louder, Christian McCaffrey saved the 49ers' season. That acquisition gave them life, and now the sky's the limit. How about this? I'm gonna, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand tall, too. You know what this is showing to me? That I was right about the 49ers' skill position players. They weren't good enough collectively till they got Christian McCaffrey. Now they got a foundation. Now they have a guy to go to consistently over the course of the game. And now you can sprinkle in Kittle and Ayuk and Debo and Mitchell. Uh huh. And they're more effective because they're not asked to do as much. All right. 888 is the number. Christian McCaffrey. Has he saved the 49ers season? Let's go to Kevin quick in San Francisco. Hey, Kevin. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. Hey, it's Danny. Hey, John. How you guys doing today? Doing well. Good. 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 Yeah, I think just quickly I wanted to touch on two things. First, Danny, I want to answer your question. Okay. Uh, I think the, the Warriors are the defending champs. Been to the finals five times in the last seven years. The Niners haven't won a Super Bowl in 28 years. So I actually think this answer is very easy. The Golden State Warriors, but also, all right. I just wanted to call back and res- respond to uh, to John uh, saying that he wanted to bang his head against the wall when that caller called in yesterday, saying he was excited to watch the young guys play on the Warriors. <laughs> First, I'm that I'm that caller. I don't know if John. Hey, I don't know if you met you met me yet. Shiny, I think knows me a little bit better. Uh, but I want to say Bob Myers commented that you're a stats guy, so I think you and I would actually really get along. Sure, of that course. Said, if you if you dug if you dug into the scenario. Of for yesterday a little bit more, you would have realized Warriors were on the second half of a back-to-back, no clay, playing a legitimate Pelicans team on the road who's on the last game of a six, on their sixth straight home game stand on three days rest. So <laughs> I think I trust four-time champ Steve Kerr that he knew, what he, what, he knew it was a good time to try to give the bench some extra minutes and try to get them in a groove, right, on a tough game early in the season that they probably had a low chance of winning low probability of winning in the first place in the hopes to try to think that it's going to help them long term. But, you know, obviously nobody liked what they saw last night. I, you know, it was the right, but I truly think it was the right decision. And I think true Warriors fans like myself are actually excited to see these young guys try to develop. I mean, heck, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a deep Warriors fan. I used to watch Warriors games with Bobby Sir in the lineup. <laughs> I mean, I used to watch those struggles. So watching this team struggle is nothing. I think it's actually fun and I actually have hope that they're going to be able to help this team and, and future teams as well. All right, Kevin. Appreciate Fair it. Fair enough. Careful with the... Uh, I think Kevin and I would get along fine. Careful with We'd Bobby. We'd get along great. Any Bobby Sura slander. That's a Pennsylvania product. I didn't know that. Yeah, Scranton. I didn't know In fact, that. I... Actually, give me the drop. I talked to him last week. Last week? Yeah, I talked to Sura last week. you kept in touch with him? Yeah, of course. Interesting. Yeah. He's got a young... How old is Bob Son? Sura now? Like 47, maybe? I think younger than that, really? believe it or not. Five, yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. 888-957-9570 is the number. Let's get into the San Francisco 49ers. Is that a Super Bowl team that you watched last night? 
And if it is, why? Is it because Garoppolo's doing his thing? Is it because of the addition of Christian McCaffrey? Is it the defense? Tell me why this is a Super Bowl team now as opposed to a month ago. 888-957-9570 is the number. And it's all sponsored by the Department of Healthcare Services. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.